Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three-winged two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is Just Shayin'. everybody. Welcome to this episode of Just Shayin'. Uh, I'm excited to share um, somebody I've been following on social media for a little bit. And uh, I want to say friend, I'm going to say friend loosely because you're, you're literally capturing our first conversation. Um, but which makes it kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so I came across John Mark Pantana on Spotify, me and my roommates like found his records and we were just like, I think for a week straight, we were just like binging all, all of his music. And so uh, his current albums, Love Secret, some of my favorite, personal favorite songs, On Your Mind, Abba, honestly, the whole album is worth you going and downloading, uh, and actually paying money for, cause I would say it's really good soil. Um, and so I'm honored to have John Mark Pantano with us today, and I'm thrilled to see where conversation goes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. You said my name very proper. Did I? How do you Pantana. get Pantano? <laughs> I have no idea. I like from, I, it's so it is Pantana. It's like Santana with a P. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, my bad. But if I'm being a little bougie, you can call me John Mark Pantana. <laughs> done. I'm done. I'm going to pretend you're bougie, even though Mr. you don't Pantana. look bougie at all. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's a very high compliment for me. You know, that's a whole different conversation. But, okay, well, thank you. I sit corrected. Um, that's so funny. If you, did you, have you tried to, I'm assuming you've said your own name in like Alexis or Siri or something and then you hear it say yeah. it back yeah it says pontana <laughs> maybe that's why i've said it i think it is yeah alexa ruined me <laughs> come on alexa bad alexa bad you alexa you mean alexa from the south right that's so funny that is so <laughs> funny well um i i'm trying to figure out how to kick this off but i would love um you obviously have a god story we all do I, I do would love to hear pieces of that, um, no doubt about it. But I'd also love to eventually get to questions on just music and yeah. navigating life. And honestly, like a big thing for me in this podcast is just what does it look like to follow Jesus in our day and age? Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's necessarily quite different, but I feel like it plays out differently because, you know, we have iPhones and, and all these things. Uh, so it's seemingly different. I think the principles remain the same, but I would love uh, to go in that direction as well of just how you live, how you're doing music, and you're also a full-time roofer, uh, working with your family in Virginia, and how do you navigate that, following a dream, uh, also navigating life practically. Uh, so I just, whatever, wherever you want to go, I'm in. Um, okay. Yeah. We can, we can, I'll kick it off this way. The song On Your Mind, um, um, astounding lyrics, music, like musically amazing. I'm not a musician, but I like, it's probably definitely in my top three favorite songs. Wow. Um, and just, I think to me, like you, it's like this story 
of it is kind of your God story. Uh, and I, and that's like, to me, I'm like, that is your, your short version. You should just play that song. And someone play that song. Here's my God story. Here's the song. But, yeah. And you just like, go for it. Um, but if you, I mean, if you can give just some highlights of maybe Absolutely. a God encounter. Um, mm -hmm. I know when I interviewed Mark, he was like, you need to talk to John because he, he and the father are like super tight. And I was like, okay, like I'm down. So yeah, if you could just share a little bit. Yeah. If it's yeah, been 20 minutes, that's fine. <laughs> I'll shoot for a, at a bridge of <laughs> I love it. I was born in 19. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're like, my mom met my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was born into a Southern Baptist, Southern Gospel traveling uh, musician family. So grew up in a station wagon. They went from church to church the first eight years of my life. Planted in Lynchburg, Virginia, where I am now. It's hometown. Went to Christian school my whole life. Uh, really struggled with it. Said the sinner's prayer about a thousand times. <laughs> uh, dipped out in, in the eighth grade uh, from Christian school and the Christian faith. Became a closet atheist in a Christian home. Delved into a World of Warcraft addiction for five years. Ate lots of chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you threw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Um, developed really, a, yeah, deep addiction, deep depression, meaninglessness, very far away from God. Pretty foul person when you uh, bump shoulders with the internet, <laughs> in the bowels of the internet. So uh, that happens. I listened to a really fear-based message, and it shook me up uh, that my brother recommended to me. I ended up moving in with my brother, Philip, after talking with him and saying, man, I just need to like get away from this video game because Jesus or not, wow, my life is kind of a, a crap fest. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up moving in with him. I have a mild experience with Jesus and I, I feel like he's real, but I don't know for sure. So I enroll in Liberty University. It's a Christian <laughs> college in Lynchburg. So still in my hometown. So for the first three years at Liberty, I roller coaster up and down with God and uh, struggling with addiction still, struggling to believe I'm saved. I think that's the mm -hmm. primary thing. Struggling with guilt, condemnation, no abundant life, uh, put on a mask to try and you know convince everyone that everything is okay. But deep down, I'm super struggling. Don't know God at all. Never seen a miracle. Never seen anyone move in power. And so really just out of genuineness, I left the Christian faith again for the second time. Uh, at the age of around 21, 22 years old, and I bumped into pot at that point, which was a breath of fresh air, to be completely honest. Um, you know, I think it's probably a little more enjoyable than Christian religion. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do with that what you want, but um, it's not good. I, I'm not advocating it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but um, so I do that for two years and I basically give the middle finger to God and, you know, like on your mind says, uh, two o'clock in the morning inside. <laughs> That's where we are. That's where we pick up on the story. You know, I was, I was high as a guy. Um, and, uh, what are the lyrics to that? Uh, two o'clock in the morning inside, in simple life. And then it's a night. I was high as a cut in the summer of 2013. So I guess 2013. <laughs> shame. So yeah, a lot of shame. Uh, you know, I felt like I could never measure up to God's standard. I really wanted to. I had the desire to. 
and my heart was in, in pure in terms of motive. I wanted to please God more than anything. And I just found in myself no ability to be able to do that. And it didn't seem like the system of Christianity that I was in, that God had any interest in helping me. It was uh, all within my own ability to meet a standard that he had. And he just seemed distant with his arms folded. And man, I could not reach the standard. <laughs> so I had a lot of shame. Uh, and then the, you know, the verse goes on to say, um, you were rude, talking about God, <laughs> and hated from the page. So every time I read the Bible, man, like the Bible just condemned me. And uh, I left just feeling dirty. I, the passages, every passage I would read, just the way that my heart took it was, you're not enough, you're not good enough, you're not a Christian, you're not safe. You were rude and hated from the page. Um, but then I, you know, in the verse it says, had a wrong view, had a strong pain. And so, you know, um, there needed to be this Jesus moment and uh, this really Holy Spirit encounter moment. And I had never had that. So fast forward two years through a pot addiction and uh, I get shipped uh, out from Liberty to do an internship in Arkansas, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And about three weeks into the internship, I have that Holy Spirit moment, that Paul, you know, Saul falls, falls off his horse moment. And basically, a uh, pastor I was listening to in my car gave a prophetic word at the end of his message for me. He said, you're in your car right now, and you've been asking God to show himself to you. And he wants you to call him dad. <laughs> and so for the first time in my life as a 23-year-old boy, I call out to God and I say, Dad. <laughs> and, you know, I, when I see myself in that moment, I was like an abused puppy, mm. afraid of the master's touch. I had only had a master, a taskmaster, who when he lifted his hand, it was to hit me. I didn't know love. <laughs> wow. And uh, I was a, yeah, a shameful, condemned little Baptist boy in a car in a Walmart parking lot when the father lifted up his robes and ran to me. And uh, it says in the prodigal son story that he fell on his son's neck with many kisses. And uh, that's what happened to me, man. I got hugged by the kind hearted nature of God. And he's a father. And um, in that moment, completely apart from what I could give him and what I've done for him, he was proud of me. He delighted in me. He loved me. And he convinced me that he had set his affection on me and that I was his son. And there was nothing that could change that. Um, and so it radically transformed my view of God. And it ruined all my theology. And <laughs> I was really confused, but also liked it a lot. <laughs> oh, the way that you just described that. I was really confused, but I liked it a lot. I never loved being confused so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, once the dust settled from that moment, I thought to myself, wait, are you telling me that this is what God is like? You, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I had been drinking from a different well than that. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And so basically, I, you know, I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, I empty myself of everything. I just want to start fresh. Teach me who you really are. Because when I, when I tasted and saw that you were good. I did something to me. And you don't have to tell me 
to seek God after that, man. If you've been eating pieces of poo your whole life and then you have a filet mignon for the first time, you don't have to tell that person to go back for some steak. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so basically the next three years in Arkansas, um, I became a monk, dude. I just like enjoyed Jesus and read the Bible for 10 hours a day. Um, all my friends were just like, can we do anything other than worship and watch, listen to messages, read the Bible? Like, let's go do something. And I was like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little, it was a little radical and out of touch, but um, I was just, you know, I tasted the living God and I wanted, uh, I wanted to spend time with them because my soul had been thirsting like a deer pants for water for God. And I tasted it finally wow. really good. And, um, those three years was really rooting and grounding me. And um, in truth, that set me free. I got set free from all my addictions that I had tried to get set free from my whole life. Um, the ability that seemed unreachable in my old Christian life, it was an effortless power of the Holy Spirit in me. It did the life of Christ in me. It was like Christ living in and through me. And by the power of the Holy Spirit in relationship with him and with my eyes fixed on Jesus, this person that I was delving into a relationship with. I mean, everything melted off like butter on a, on a warm bed. It was different. And the way I like to describe it is when the word gets in your heart via the Holy Spirit, words are like seeds. And if the seed is good, it'll bear good fruit. It does all the work. The problem was I had, I had been planting bad seeds in my heart and it was bearing bad fruit. I wasn't hearing the gospel. I wasn't hearing the gospel of grace. And it was a religious, law-based, Holy Spirit void message and Christianity. As soon as I heard the real thing and experienced the Holy Spirit, the word was good. The seed was good. It planted in my heart and it grew up into a really strong tree with lots of good fruit. And so that's what happened, man. Um, didn't write any music those three years. Uh, it wasn't until God actually called me back to my hometown, Lynchburg, to plant house churches with my oldest bro, Philip. Um, I left two jobs in a relationship to work for a salary of zero dollars back in my hometown. And, um, the first couple of weeks back in Lynchburg, the Holy Spirit uh, woke me up one morning. And the first thing I heard was, my love is better than life. And I said, I agree. You're so right. I'm going to go eat some Lucky Charms now. <laughs> As a good Christian man that I am. <laughs> so I go and I go eat some Lucky Charms again. The Holy Spirit says my love is better than life. And I agree for a second time. I go back downstairs and for a third time again, my love is better than life itself. So I pick up my guitar and all of a sudden I could feel the Holy Spirit just loving on me. And I sing out, your love is better than life. It's the first Christian song I write, really. Uh, And it's sweeter than wine. It's how Love Secrets opens up. Uh, and that's kind of how all the music started it was after uh experience with the father's love um 
tangible friendship with the Holy Spirit and being rooted in the finished work of Jesus uh, for those three weeks. That's amazing. And you did a great job. Look at you. You did so good. <laughs> How many minutes was that? I think, I think it was like probably around like eight or nine. Okay. I have to. You just nailed it. I mean, you have to. That, that is huge. I mean, you're making a lot of traction. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love, like, there's so much, like, in that. Like, I'm sure there's way more. But did you, um, in finding coming, having, like, an encounter like that and then moving back home, how did, like, did it, how would I ask that? I guess, like, with your family dynamics, like, were they like, whoa, like, you're different? Um I mean, obviously you lived in, in Arkansas for a chunk of time before you moved back. Um, how were you able to share that with them growing up in like super church heavy? How was, was that accepted or was it like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> that may be a loaded question. I don't really know. Um, it's pretty loaded. I'm sure that they'll listen. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just more so, not even necessarily on their end, but I guess just like when you, when, like you said, much so when you have an encounter and mm -hmm. things just fall off, chains fall off because it's, yeah. it's, a, it's real, it's tangible. It, it's a dr drastic difference from right before encounter. And I think it just always affects people. People see the difference. People are like, wow, like there's something different about you or, you know, like there's just, there's a huge difference. There's life is coming out of you now. So you right. go from a depression to like, now you're like a life dispenser and you're the one giving life. And mm -hmm. I imagine not even in the context of like a heavy conversation, but just, I imagine your family, friends being like, whoa, like just cause you go from darkness into giving life. It's such a drastic difference, even over the span of years of just watching even your own story of, you know, uh, the wrestle and, um, okay, like the ups and downs. And now you're just like, boom. <laughs> I'd be like, it would be interesting to be a watcher in your story. Like in many ways, I think it would be like, wow, like this is just the fruit of, of an encounter of, of you just laying down your life instantly and saying, I'm throwing myself into intimacy with him, with the father. And I'm actually giving myself to this thing. Like, it's not like I'm still questioning what's going on. It's like, no, I'm all in. Like I'm throwing all my poker chips out there. Like this is a thing. And I feel like whether it's family, friends, coworkers, like they can all see a difference in the stature of our heart. And um, I just think it's just really neat. And I love the way that you shared it. Um, yeah. Cause you hit all the points, you know, it's easy to say, oh, we have a God story, but not really talk about like before he came into the picture, cause mm -hmm. there's still some shame or, or whatever it could be. Um, mm -hmm. And what I, lo like, I love about your music is like, it's like, you're just not scared to kind of talk about it and like throw it out there and so i'm like he i feel like there's just you're living like a shame-free life and i feel like that is um just a huge thing for our generation every generation let's just be honest but like to come out of partnership with shame mm -hmm. and say like you know what like yeah this is back there but it's not there you know like like i feel like growing up from i grew up in church 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was the little kid under all the, the you know, the chairs and, and all of that. And so for me, I grew up with lots of shame, feeling like I can't really talk about my struggles. But once that all broke, it was like, I'm talking about my struggles. Like, where, why is anybody talking about this? Like, why were we talking about this? And so I just love the freedom in which you share, even in your songs and even just now, like the freedom in which you're sharing. I feel like that's the anthem. That's the desire for a generation is mm-hmm. to like live in that, that place of freedom where it's not like there's no argument. Like I've been set free. Yeah, I just went on my own tangent. That was great. <laughs> We're just gonna go back and forth, ping ponging tangent <laughs> about how about we just do that. <laughs> but there's just something about it because even like messaging you on Instagram, you're like, I just want to. I love talking about Jesus. Like I just, mm-hmm. and it's just it comes out of you. Even in that text message, I was like, man, like he just wants to talk Jesus. Like he just loves Jesus, <laughs> and obviously you can feel the fruit of your story in your songs and and your intimacy with the father. Like you feel it because even listening to it in the car, you're just like, this dude's tapped in and I just am digging this. Like I want to go to a a new level. I want to go deeper. Like I want to go get lost with him, you know? And so it's like, whether it's your song or your life, you're living an invitation to, to, to beckon people to come closer to him. And I just love that. And again, another tangent. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay with tangents. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> but I, so I, do, I appreciate your story and, and just your, your ability to share that and not like feel like you have to hide any part of that. I think that is telling for people. Um, mm. And so I get like, yeah, I would love to talk. You are a normal dude. I just want to let everybody know, like, he's super normal. I'm staring at him on my computer. <laughs> um, but um, but you're you're doing music, doing this God thing. Are you still are you still planning churches, house churches? Is that still a thing? No longer planning house churches. We did that for about a year and a half, okay. and then my my family actually started a roofing company. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. I've been doing this for about two and a half years and super successful company, which is awesome. Praise God. And, uh, That's cool. <laughs> I switch. but I'm, uh, I'm at a local church here in Lynchburg called Breakthrough. Started as a little house church. Okay. And, uh, it's mainly young adults. And we, we run like anywhere from, you know, a hundred, 150 kids. But yeah, so still doing a local church thing here at Lynchburg. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, how does it for you doing music? I'm I'm, I'm assuming, and of course, they you know what they say about assuming, but I'm assuming music's not just the dream, but it's part of probably a bigger dream, uh, or is it the dream, the God dream? Uh, and how are you navigating it, following Jesus, uh, and just doing normal life? with your fam and your friends there. But also I think it is, I think it's hard because I think whether it's just culturally right now, it's like, I'm going to give everything to music. I'm going to throw myself in it, which is beautiful. And people are doing it beautifully. But what I love is that I've like, you're doing both. Like I feel like you're doing awesome music things as well as doing life with your family and helping the business. And it's, you're not, I don't know. You're, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's, it's very intriguing to me 
Uh, I'm, I'm based off monthly support as a missionary that was global. So I have no context for doing both. I'm like, I've been living off monthly for a minute. So I would love for you to kind of just share, um, a little bit, I guess, just about how, like how you navigate a dream and how you're doing life. Uh, and obviously I'm sure there's a lot of Holy spirit involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me lay out the formula for you. <laughs> and then let me reference the first line of Abba. <laughs> I'm not the song all the formulas. <laughs> I'm going to have you play your album and then we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, I honestly have a mechanical brain. I have a pretty systematic brain. I like things to be really organized and, and set and be equal distance apart. <laughs> <laughs> like <Exactly>. social distancing? <laughs> oh my god! I'm just kidding. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, I'll be politically correct. Yes. <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> so my brain naturally, you know, goes to formulas to try and figure God things out. Uh, but it is a relationship. So how do you navigate your God dream and the responsibilities of life? <laughs> you get to flow with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're yoked with Jesus. If he's, if he's uh, taking a nap, we're taking a nap. If he's sprinting, we're sprinting. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I think that's beautiful. But I will say, when I was in Arkansas, I went to this prayer room called the Fayetteville Prayer Room. And it was a really beautiful place. They just had worship playing all the time. And they had like communion elements and you could just sit and read or worship or whatever. I would go there all the time and spend time with God and read the scriptures. And um, one specific time, I was just reading the Bible in a little corner. I think there was like a 90-year-old lady in the other corner. Like <laughs> wagging a flag or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i read the bible and i'm in john five and this passage just like like lightning bolts i mean and it's the passage about the pools of bethesda where the man is healed after 38 years and god basically breathed a vision in my heart to be someone who creates with the heart of grace mm. And the more that I pressed into it and read the passage, and I even did a word study on Bethesda, which means house of grace. That is the second Hebrew letter alphabet. And every Hebrew letter has a pictogram. It's a house. So Bethel is just house of God. Bet is house. El is a shortening name for Elohim, which is God's name, house of God. So Bethesda is house of grace. Chesed, uh, chesed you have to use the Matthews the guttural. When you say that word, um, that's the that's the uh, the Hebrew word for grace, and so yeah, God just poured vision in my heart to when I do create things to have the heart of grace, the new covenant of grace, and um, you know my whole Christian life, I was engaging things that in my opinion weren't like I said before, didn't have the correct seed to plant into my heart to grow good fruit. So I was bound by bad teachings that were void of the Holy Spirit. And so um, I felt like the Lord said there needs to be an army of voices 
communicating my grace in their own personality and their own voice that I've given them. And so that's the heart of the, of really my life is to create things, whatever medium that is, whether it's a book, a podcast, music, a guide, I don't know what, what it is, any medium that communicates so people find enjoyable to interact with. Um, but specifically with a message that I really believe in, which is, I believe, the new covenant of God's grace. <coughs> Excuse me. So that gets ignited in my heart. My buddy, uh, actually who I was a pothead with in college, he was randomly keeping up with me. And he was like, hey, man, God told me to buy you a mic. So he buys me a $70 podcast mic. Um, little did he know, I just had this experience with God. And I end up trying to do podcasts, and they're pretty bad. But then fast forward, I'm back in Lynchburg. I recorded my first album on my phone and that podcast mic. And so that's kind of the first thing I ever created was my first album called Mighty Grace. Talk about a low-budget album. I think I spent, I, mean, I guess I spent zero dollars on it because he bought the mic. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, um, but I was just expressing the experiences that I had with God being music. And um, I was not expecting the music to gain so much influence so quickly like it has in the past couple of years. Um, but in terms of like being back in Lynchburg and working full time for my fam and having this God dream. <coughs> I am still navigating it, honestly. I mean, honestly, that's the thing you could pray for me about because I don't know. I am trying to navigate it. Um, a lot of days I'm done at work and I've given all my best to work. And so I'm tired and I don't have a ton of energy to give to the things that I feel like God's called me to. And so uh, recently, there's been a grace, actually, in this year, in 2020. I have, like, untapped energy. It's really awesome. <laughs> I'm like, so now you can pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it's health. Like, uh, I've been getting to really good rhythms. Um, I won't go into all that. But, yeah, I've been able to really have really good energy and give them my best at, like, a lot. A lot of the day including evenings and so yeah um, it is a balance right now and I'm still navigating with the Holy Spirit do you want me to take a leap of faith and just go for it full-time or is this good for me to stay in this rhythm and be rooted and grounded in this normalcy um, so yeah I don't have an answer it's definitely a navigating relationship with God yeah, I love what you said at the very beginning, where you're just like, when, when he's resting, when he's taking a nap, we're taking a nap. And when he's running, we're running. Mm -hmm. And it's just me, I think, that, I mean, it's, I'd say it's the cop-out answer, but it's the truthful one. It's just <laughs> learning, okay, what are you doing today? Yeah. Today, are we taking a nap? Or for the next three months, are we taking a nap? Or how long is this nap? <laughs> this is the longest nap I've ever taken. Literally. <laughs> uh, and I think it just comes back down to, to friendship with him. Mm -hmm. It comes back to like friendship looks like it, it can look like an 
an, an assortment of things of today we're doing this, but tomorrow we're going to do that. And I think I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, you know, like as a disciple, I don't feel like they always knew why they were going where they were going or why they were doing what they were doing, but it always made sense. Yeah. always made sense and sometimes I think that's what following looks like is it's we don't have the clarity we would want in our humanity um, mm-hmm. like my humanity wants to know why we're doing what we're doing <laughs> or, could you or, give me the six month uh, plan itinerary yeah, done yeah totally but he just I mean and he just looks and he says follow me mm-hmm. follow me and that's just just a constant invitation of just follow me <laughs> and trust the yeah. story and it's it's I love that that's what you said because I think at the end of the day we want it to be a calculated answer we want it to be and almost like inwardly I kind of want it to be like calculated so I can go okay this this structure okay this is what this is gonna look like but he's half the time I'm I'm more than half the time I'm like I don't know what we're doing and why we're doing it but I'm in (laughs) that's pretty much it Yeah. yeah that's the answer yeah yeah, it's like the answer is not, it's never going to be the same because it's relationship. And I think that's what happens when you encounter um, the father. I just interviewed David Wagner and he said, there's something different in your walk with Christ when the father becomes your friend. Hmm. And he's not just this seemingly, like he, we know him not to be this, but when you, you, some people with the word father, it can be kind of like, whoa, I don't know if I, you know, like that idea of him being a father, mm-hmm. whether it's their, you know, just dysfunction in their own home or right. whatever it could be. But when father becomes a friend, it's like, why wouldn't I follow him? Like, yeah, you know, and, and why wouldn't I just like, go where he goes and much yeah. like jesus looked to what the father's doing yes so, okay let's do that i love that so much i actually um yeah i love that that's something that i talk about pretty often so in my old christian life and the old messages i heard i think i probably heard genuinely i don't know 1300 i'm just guessing it was it was over a thousand messages on a life of surrender and Christians should surrender their lives to Jesus. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have a revelation of the love of God for me or God's Father heart for me. And my surrender was always tainted with distrust in the nature of God. And so it was like a battle. It was like a civil war. Mm. And countless messages begging me to surrender to God that I might live a good Christian life didn't work. It created a abused little puppy condemned Baptist boy who thought God was a terrible person. And then I encounter the love of God. The Holy Spirit shines abroad the love of God in my heart as a father. And you don't have to plead with me to follow him. I'm a little kid and I'm holding his hand I trust him because I know his heart is for me and it's love and there's an ease. And (laughs) it's a little different, you know? It's almost like, you know, like when God called me out of Arkansas to move back to my hometown, um, if I didn't really trust his loving heart, I wouldn't have left two jobs in a relationship for a $0 salary. 
but I just did. I, I didn't have to, you know, it was just like, okay, God, you're good. I, you know, obviously there was some struggle back and forth. At the end of the day, it was like, this is my dad I'm talking about. He's inviting me into something, and so it's good. And so surrender is just, it's a, it's, a, it's a flow. It's my cup runs over. When you trust the nature of God's Father, it's a fruit, in my opinion. No, that's, I love that because I, I think sometimes it's that when, you said it best, I shouldn't even say it, but I, you said it so well. It's just when you know that he is good and a good father and that part has been solidified, like why wouldn't we follow? Why would it, like we have no reason not to. And it doesn't mean that it's not painful and bumpy along the way because <laughs> it is, you know, you, you let go of relationships, you let go of jobs, you let go of things that you had invested your time, your heart into yeah. for a bigger yes. You know, mm-hmm. my, I'm following this. Yes. And it's such a, it's a beautiful, beautiful story to follow. And I, yeah, I feel like I have like 500 more questions that I would love to just ask. <laughs> <laughs> is there, um, is there something in the like present day, like today that you feel like he's sharing with you in this time? Um, not even specifically to quarantine. It just happens to be in quarantine that we're talking, but just for this season of life that you're in, uh, is there something specifically standing out to you in the word or something that he's inviting you into personally? Yes. Yes. So um, this year for me, the word that God had for me is that was the year of the word, the year of the scriptures. And so I have had my nose in the book quite a bit this year. And it's been an invitation. Um, you know, before experience with the father, like I said before, the book <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> confused, always confused. I think I, I'm pretty sure I threw the Bible a couple of times just because I'm like, you're a contradiction. I don't understand you. Um, but then when you team up with the Holy Spirit and guide you into all truth, um, the scriptures become a feast to enjoy the person of Jesus. Um, the written word, I like to look at it like an arrow to the living word, which is the person of Jesus. And so many beautiful mysteries hidden in the scriptures, uh, the person of Jesus. One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, he meets his two disciples. And he testifies it says in the law of moses the prophets and the psalms things concerning himself he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures and see jesus in the word i think that's the right way to engage the bible to see pictures of jesus like a like uh, the red line that runs from the old to the new the old is has jesus concealed in it so much and if we see pictures of Jesus, as we behold him, we become like him. <laughs> as we behold the mirror of grace, the loving eyes of Jesus, our kingly husband, we are transformed. Um, and if we're not seeing Jesus, we're not being transformed. We're, if we're seeing the mirror of the law, it condemns. Uh, the letter kills with the spirit of his life. So as far as specifically this year in the word, the thing that God's highlighted to me is that God's word is a two-edged sword. And that when God speaks, it's the first edge. 
And when we speak, it's the second edge. And that God's word doesn't return to him void. Uh, but Paul said, what good does it do uh, to teach someone grace, to preach the gospel? It's not mixed with faith. And so in that situation, God's word is it's going void. The seeds, you know, like the parable of the sower, the seeds get trampled. When it's mixed with faith, we believe it and speak it. That's where the power is. And it doesn't return back to him from our mouth void. Um, you know, it even says in the scriptures, how is a man saved? For he believes in his heart and he confesses with his mouth. There's just power in speaking God's word. I had a, a moment earlier this, just a couple months ago this year, I was struggling with um, something in my life, something personal, and God gave me a word. And I spoke out what God said. And as soon as I spoke out what God said, it was just like there was power there. Every spirit that was trying to come on me, fruit of depression, whatever it was, they all fled. There's power in speaking God's word. So I've been this year just making a practice of speaking God's written word over my life, uh, over my body, over my mind. Um, I think there's power there. I love that. Like, I think it's, it's this, it is, it's a beautiful invitation. I think it's something, even in my own life, I find myself just hungry for the word. Like, cause you know, you read it your whole life as a Christian, like, and it becomes just a book. And I remember praying like the beginning of this year and I was like, God, I don't want this to be familiar. I want, I want to come into this and like dive into a different aspect of you, a different mystery of you. And I don't want to just come and read it. I want it to read me. Like I want it to confront me. I want it to comfort me. I want it to do all the things that it's made to do because it's living <laughs> and it's active. Yeah. Uh, and I think sometimes it's, I mean, it, those are like, they're tough prayers because you're like, okay, well, there's no telling what's about to happen here. But at the same time, it's the very thing it's the existence that gives you life. And he's, you know, he's the source. And so I think that's awesome. I would love if you would just take a second and just pray. However you feel um, the Holy Spirit leads you to, uh, just to pray for a little bit. And then I'll ask a question. But I, I would love for you, if you would be willing, just to pray over people listening and mm -hmm. people that may be struggling. And, you know, yeah, just however you'd want to pray, truly. Let's do it. Let's pray. Hey, Dad, uh, we love you so much and uh, thankful that uh, your great love sent your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for willingly choosing uh, to display the Father's love on the cross. Thank you for taking all of our sin on the cross. Um, thank you so much that you finished the work of purging our sins once and for all. Uh, thank you, God, that we stand righteous before you simply by receiving your grace and your goodness. Uh, I never want to leave the foundation that is Christ and Christ crucified, that we have been made righteous apart from our works and behavior, simply by uh, trusting in you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, make it all so real in our hearts and our DNA. Uh, thank you that you're with us and you dwell us. And you're a faithful friend. Thank you for inviting us into this family. And uh, just for anyone listening, I pray over you, uh, wherever you are in your relationship with God, 
Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would uh, hug them, that you would shine abroad the love of God as a father in their hearts right now. I even pray from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet that every pain, every sickness would leave their body, that they would be set free from the chains, that they would be set free from sin, set free from addiction, set free from sickness. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, you meet them in their room and unveil the loveliness of Jesus to their heart. Uh, thank you, Jesus. We just pray. Uh, we thank you, God, uh, for everything that you're doing in our lives. We trust you and we know that you have good plans for us because you're a good dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, so I always ask everybody this question. I, I warned you, just everybody knows. I do warn everybody that it's coming. Um, but in this season, um, if you could have any three people, um, dead or alive, um, who would you have at a table and why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought about this question for a few, few moments and I had it. And I was like, that's just what I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> um Chris Farley. Yes. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> because you gotta have some laughter. Come on. I love um, it. <laughs> I would love to laugh and be down with Chris Farley. Second person, probably C.S. Lewis, because I'm also an epic nerd. <laughs> I did play video games for five years, so sometimes <laughs> The nerd really comes out. Wow. It's bad. <laughs> um, so I want to nerd out with him. That would be fun. Yeah. Honestly, this is where this is where I went. The third person would be my wife because <laughs> my future wife. Because you got laughter, you got nerding, and you got, you know, snuggles or something like that. <laughs> that was pretty much some summed it all up for me. Uh, probably the worst that. answer. Probably the worst one you've ever gotten. But there you no, go. I actually think that's probably the best one. I'm like, no, that's great. <laughs> I should have my future husband at this table. Like, what the heck? I haven't even thought of that. That's amazing. And you can't go wrong with Chris Farley. I love Chris Farley. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. I don't think you could have said anybody better in that moment. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe if we sat here long enough, we think of somebody else, but that was perfect. Yeah. That was perfect. That's my final answer. <laughs> and that is my final answer. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to end this thing. Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode. I know that you guys have been blessed. I know. Um, and I just pray that wherever you are, whether you're, in an office or in a cubicle, or maybe you're not in a cubicle right now for certain reasons that we want to talk about. Maybe you're working at home. Either way, I pray that you tangibly feel the Father's heart for you. More, more than anything else in this time of life, I pray that you feel the Father's embrace. So we pray that you have a great day, evening, or afternoon, wherever you are, and y'all be cool, but not too cool. 